0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. The other week Denise and I were talking on the phone and we had this deep, long discussion and she said, you know, we should have just hit record because that would have been a really good show. So we decided to try something new this week and just have a chatty conversational show And so we're all just sitting around the table talking together. So just pull up a chair, join us have a cup of tea or a cup of joe and settle in as we just chat with each other. Is that a good description, Denise? I think
1: that's perfect. And I think it's also a lot of people that you and I talk to, they'll say, oh, I feel like I know you because, you know, you, you talk, you're, it's like sitting at the table with you every week when the show comes on. So I think this is nice. And also it's important to have people to talk to about just all the things that are important and special to us as empaths, as intuitives, as people in a very transitional time on the planet. I think that's so true
0: because you just, you just never know. You know, the woman who handles the sponsorship for my Psychic Teachers podcast sent an email saying, I'm going to be out of town for the next two weeks. Just wanted to let you know. And I emailed her back and said, I hope you have a wonderful trip. I don't know if you're into woo-woo stuff, but you are traveling during a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> here are some tips and I and I really thought about it after I hit send and I had I had even written you know I apologize if you're not into this stuff I can't help myself and she emailed me back and she said no I'm definitely into that stuff and love those tips keep them coming but
1: you just never know you don't you don't and I find that more and more people are feeling uh I guess, more comfortable saying, you know what, I believe this or this is real. Even in the medical community, it's becoming, there's being, I'm reading a lot of articles right now about Reiki being more, brought more into medical situations and, you know, aromatherapy and sound healing. It's being used collaboratively with traditional medicine in a lot of places. I absolutely love that.
0: I do too. And, you know, it's even becoming more popular in mainstream culture. Like I was looking at You know, every Monday I go on iTunes and I download all my new podcasts that I subscribe to. And I always like to look at, like, what are the top 10 podcasts and see if there's anything new. And there was this one podcast, and it was Last Something on the Left. And I thought, oh, that's probably just a political, you know, podcast, and I'm not really into that. But I clicked on the description for some reason, and it's a whole, like, UFO paranormal podcast.
1: Huh. And
0: it's like in the top 10 of all podcasts, not just in a, you know, a category. And I thought how cool that, you know, a podcast that's talking about UFOs and aliens and all that weird stuff is in the top 10.
1: I find that more and more people are getting in touch for readings that people you'd never expect. That yeah. Someone will sit down. And will say, "I almost want to say, really, you really want a reading?" And, and but it's people are opening the doors up. So yes, you know, I love that's that so that
0: funny. Podcast. For the first time in all the years I've been doing readings, this is the first time, like I'd say, the last eight, nine, ten months, that my client base has been pretty much, I'd say, sixty forty, like sixty percent women, forty percent men. And it's never been that high with men. I very rarely do men contact me for readings. It's usually like fifteen, twenty percent, but mm-hmm. that's growing.
1: Yes, yes, which which is great. I, I think yeah, it's, it
0: really is. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was this article I'm trying to write for BeliefNet. I write an article for BeliefNet every month, and I think they pay me like. Four cents a click. <laughs> so, if you ever see me share it on Enlightened Empaths, our Facebook page, just click it and help in to my writing <laughs> wishes and dreams. But the article I'm writing this month is about psychic predictions and why some psychics get them wrong. And as I'm writing it, it, it was inspired because. I got a couple of email readings from clients who would say to me, I really think this guy likes me. I'm hoping we have a future. What do you think? And I would respond and as nicely as possible try to say, I think he's a great person. I'm not sure he has the same goals as you, or I'm not sure he's ready for commitment at the level you're at. And then I would hear from them. This happened like, I think four times in one week, I heard from these same people couple of months later, I should have listened to you. He ditched me. He ghosted me. What have you, what do I do now? And I was, it just made me think like when intuitive, when when we are reading people, I think, first of all, I think people think we can do so much more than we actually can. Yes. You know, like, I feel like they think we should know their occupation, their age, their, date of birth their greatest fear and their greatest hope you know it's not and, always
1: that no and throw in the winning lottery numbers too please <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> but when when psychics intuitives whatever you want to call us are doing readings, how i view it is that i can read your energy and i can read or sense different outcomes that are possible so For example, let's say someone emails me or calls me for a reading about that situation with the man they've just started dating. It's almost like I can see three doors. And behind door number one, she's with the guy. They're happy. They're hugging. They're walking off into the sunset hand in hand. Behind door number two, they're fighting, arguing, not seeing eye to eye. And behind door number three, maybe he or she is walking away. So like, I can kind of see like, okay, these are the possible outcomes waiting in the future. And what I've always been shown is that which door you open, which outcome is going to be the one you're going to choose, is the one that your heart is aligning with in that present moment. And so the reason why I think some psychics, quote unquote, get it wrong And I'm being euphemistic there because it's not necessarily that I believe psychics get it right or wrong. I think it's that, you know, for me, I feel like it's their guides who are telling me this information and those, like I'll hear, you know, she's, she wants to be with this guy, but she's not feeling worthy of love or she's still got someone taking up space in her heart or, you know, or he is not ready for love. And so they'll show me door number two. But I know door number one is what she wants. She wants the happy ending. Who the hell doesn't? But if your heart is not in alignment with that, if you don't feel worthy and capable and ready for that love in your heart, you might be ready in your head. But if you're not ready in your heart, you're not going to even see that door, never mind be able to open it. Am I making sense?
1: That makes perfect sense because that's, and I've shared this before, I always preface every intuitive reading or tarot reading or anything that isn't mediumship with, it's always subject to change and free will. And I think that that aligns with what you're saying about multiple pathways. And I had a lady get in touch with me and this, I did a reading for her, I did a few readings for her many, many, many years ago when I was first starting out, when I was less confident, when... You know, I would really get devastated when people would tell me I was wrong and I didn't know what I was talking about and all these things. And I'm not saying this woman did that, but it was right on the brink of that. So she, I did these readings. It was coming through strong, and I told her this, this, and this. And she said, that's never going to happen. No, no. And she would, like, send me these kind of – she'd call and leave me voice messages. Hasn't happened yet. Honest to God, I got a call from her, a voicemail from her, two weeks ago and she said I just wanted to validate that the readings you did for me so many years ago actually it all happened and I'm just and she was almost a little hesitant she said I was really surprised but you were right and you know thank you and she I just thought you might want to know so that's another whole aspect of this is the timing like sometimes i will yeah clear clear daffodils, tulips, it's gonna happen in April. I mean, they'll give us specific, or they'll show us a cake on a certain month. And for anyone that's listening that's intuitive or or does readings, you'll build up these signs that go with timing. And then they'll say, well, it didn't happen, but it might happen like in May the following year, or, you know, May comes in. And I I had a very well-known psychic one time tell me, very well-known, say, uh, oh, this is gonna happen in October. And I put all my eggs in that basket waiting for October. And October came and went. And it made me doubt the other things that she said in the reading. Because I, did, I was so hell-bent that it was going to happen in October. Sure. And I, and I think we all did do it, that. That's our human part. I, I
0: do, too. And I think that this is why it's so important If you do choose to get a reading, first of all, don't ever take anything an intuitive says to you as 100% true, because none of us are 100% right. No. But also to take ownership of that reading and to think, does that message resonate with me? Is that what I want? And to remember that we really do all of the power in our lives is in the present moment. And if you start to pay attention to your inner thoughts and even your outer thoughts, Listen to what you're saying to your friends, like just kind of step out of yourself and listen to the conversations you're having throughout the day and try to pay attention to the themes and patterns. If, for example, you are calling intuitives or pulling cards yourself or praying for information and guidance on a new job, and yet your conversations every day are, I'm so worried about money. I hate this job. God knows I need it. Think about that message that you're sending out, which is, I want a new job, but I'm terrified of taking the leap of faith because I don't have the money. So in that situation, if an intuitive says, oh, I I see a wonderful job opportunity coming up for you possibly in the fall, if you align with that message and you not necessarily put all your eggs in that basket right. and like quit your job, but if you... If you start to resonate with that message and say, yes, I am worthy of a new job, I am going to get a new job, I have a new job, and you start to visualize yourself at this new job and people patting you on the back and the boss shaking your hand and you visualize yourself getting this awesome paycheck and you feel yourself driving to work with joy and anticipation even as you're driving to your crappy job that you don't like. right? Then you're going to align with the message that that intuitive gave you, and you're going to get that job, possibly, hopefully, in the fall. But if that intuitive gives you that message and you think, man, I hope that's true, I wish that were true, but I just can't see how that could happen. I really, I mean, I've got this bill, and I've got that bill, and even though I hate this job, they really need me there you're going to close that door and you're not going to be able to manifest that
1: job. Which really is about tapping into the collective.
0: And haven't you found
1: more and more and more? This fascinates the hell out of me. Why energetically am I going through the same thing as a a man in Albuquerque, a woman in London? These are people I talk to doing readings and I will say energetically, this is what's around you. And why are we all going, we're all tapping into that. And I think that's the same thing with the readings. We're tapping exactly what you just said. We're tapping into the potential of the, the, the way things can manifest. But the real variable is us and getting, well, getting out of the way and letting it happen. But also, you know, when you tell something, someone something in a reading and say, oh, well, I'm seeing, you know, this, this, and this, and they, and then eventually it comes to pass or it's something that someone said, there's no way that's ever going to happen in my life. Why are we getting that information? What are we tapping into? And we've both been very honest about this, that anybody can tap into that. It's raising your vibration oh, wow. and it's being open to to believing it. And someone mm-hmm. said to me, well, oh, a reading is just, um, you're planting the seed and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I said, possibly, it, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. If I'm tapping into the way you're describing it is a, a potential outcome or yes, there's a job, but is this really what you want? Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? That's all on you.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that taking ownership part. Well, tell me if you think this is tapping into the collective. I've had this client for years and she's almost more like a friend. Like, you know, I, she's come down here and met me and, I just really admire and respect her and like her. She's she's awesome. And she's had a really challenging two years. And suddenly, kind of overnight in December, her life just turned around for the better and all these good things started happening for her and it's continuing into January and it continued into February. And I was just so happy for her that, you know, finally everything was turning around for her as it should have because she's just a good person. And then you know, my dear friend, Joel, he had a bunch of good stuff happen to him right in January. And it was, it was just so nice to pick up the phone and hear him so happy and celebrating happy news. And then I talked to my sister, Courtney, at the end of January, and she had all this good news. And I remember saying to myself, this means something good is coming for you too. Yes. I just knew that if all the people around me were on this uptick, it would like rub off on me. Yes. And I have had a lot of good news recently. And I feel like that might be tapping into the collective. I don't know. But whenever the people in my social circle are kind of not doing so great or just annoying or not great things are happening to them, it tends to happen in my life too. And
1: and I found the reverse to be true. Do you think I, that's tapping into the collective? I do. I do. I think it, it's matching our vibration to what's going on. If so many people are, are you know, in that, that place where there's struggle or loss, and then you can tie in all the astrology. You can tr- tie in, you know, global events. You can tie in all of those other things and how we react to it, the, the influence of media. It's just, it's a huge rabbit hole, but it, it just fascinates me that there's no other connection between two other human beings on the planet, but we're experiencing similar things in our lives.
0: I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, I do too. But I also think it needs to be a conscious decision. Yeah. You know, like you need to choose really who you are going to align your energy with. I think that's really important.
1: And even more so lately. More so, I, yes. I, I said this to someone the other day. I can't be around people that drain me. I can't, and I don't mean people I'm working with, I mean selective about who I want to spend any time with because it just feels like time is so precious right now. And it's, if, if, it does, if it isn't fun, if it isn't enjoyable, if it isn't, I don't want to be drained anymore. And that's been coming up for no. a lot of other people I've talked to.
0: Yeah and There's I I it. think that I think it's really hard to do that. You know, for example, I have a friend who went through a divorce at the same time I was going through mine and we were very helpful to each other and we were very there for each other. But she has held on to her anger and resentment and I can't. You know, like I just I want to be his friend. It's better for me, it's better for him, it's better for our kids. Right. And so, you know, he eats dinner with us, he slept here uh, Christmas Eve, where we go on day trips together, and, and she will just, I don't know how you do that, I'm going to nominate you for sainthood, like, and I just thought, what? Like, what is the point of holding on to anger? I don't, I, it really does fascinate me, people who hold on to anger, I. I can't do it. I don't see the good in it. I mean, I I understand anger. Trust me. What I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> is holding on to it. I, right. you know, it just doesn't it it doesn't life. make sense. And so I have really distanced myself from that friendship, right. and I feel I feel guilty about it. I really do. But at the same time, I can't touch that anger. You know, I I I had it. I dealt with it. I healed it, I forgave it, and I'm putting it in my rearview mirror, and she's unable to do that. And I just fear that if I maintain that level of friendship, I'll remember the, ang- the reasons why I was angry and hurt. And I don't want to do that.
1: No. no, It's not, not helping. It, and that's an excellent point. That's a really excellent point, because I, I think about that a lot. A lot of circumstances will happen in people people's lives, and they'll hang on to it. And it's either grief or pain or uh, they were betrayed, whatever it might be. But then it becomes a runaway train. And I've seen over and over and over people spending 10, 20, 30 years so resentful that it manifests physically in illness or um, mental health issues or whatever, because you can't live in that level of toxicity all the time. And and someone may say, Oh, well, you're putting on rose colored glasses, and you need, how can you forget about that stuff? And well, if the alternative is to feel like crap all the time, no, thank you.
0: No, thank you. Yeah. And no judgment to her. I mean, we all have to walk our own path, and, you know, she has every right to be angry. I'm just saying, I'm choosing not to marinate in that anger with her anymore.
1: Right.
0: I just think it's something everyone should think about in different areas of their life. You know, like going back to our example of being at a job you can't stand, which by the way, I just read a study and it said that that (laughs) one of my little news things on Facebook. So I'm not trying to pretend that I read the New York times every Sunday, but anyway, I read this study and it said that um, one of the most damning things for your health is not liking your job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, let's say you're at that job and you can't stand it. And all of your friends at work hate their job too. And all you do on your lunch break is complain about the job. That's helpful in the moment sometimes, right? Because it validates for you. I'm not the only one. This job does really stink. I do need to look for better work for me. It's helpful for a time. But I do think we all need to realize when it's moved beyond helpful and has turned into a crutch or, you know, like a cold sore that you can't stop touching Ooh. and aggravating.
1: Oh, that's a good analogy. That was very graphic. Yes. And yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> no, but it's true. But, but and, and also, though, if I have to add to that, not saying that I was in that situation, wink, wink, nod, nod, was that <laughs> uh, when you've been on that, That treadmill, when you've just, okay, I'll use my example, that it was a means to an end, it provided for my children, they had medical, it was dependable income, you do what you have to do, and then you get to a place where you have to make that decision of what can I do instead, or is this in my best interest? It's, it's not an easy transition, but you're so spot on that it will eventually. I talked to a woman the other day. That I'm going to jump the fence for a minute. And the first thing she said out of her mouth was, she says we don't have to worry about talking about my career. I love my job. I have always loved my job. I'm going to stay there forever. And I just was, I put, like, literally, when I'm talking to this woman, I put my hand on my heart, and I said, I am so happy for you. Because that's what it should be. You should enjoy, and not, you know, Mary Poppins, everything's wonderful time, but why not do what you love or do what brings you joy? Right. Well, and sometimes in the moment, you know,
0: you can't, like you were saying, you need the medical, you need the benefits. But even when you were in that situation where you knew your contract was up with that job, you still chose to distance yourself from some of your negative coworkers, And you worked on your true passion in your spare time by doing readings and studying this side of your spiritual life. And so I do think there are things we can consciously choose to do. There is a collective unconscious, right? I mean, we all know that. Yes. But there's different, there's different collectives, you know, there's the negative one, there's the fearful one, there's the angry one, but there's also the spiritual one, the happy one, the, you know, the easy-go-lucky one, and. So we have to choose which collective we're going to tap into.
1: Okay, which goes into balance, which seems like such yeah. a prevalent thing for people right now. So many people have had blinders on, okay, I have to make this money or I have to work or I have to stay in this job. Or, and now all of a sudden, again, collective, people are coming out with it, myself included, with I want more flow. I want more fluidity and balance in my life. I don't want it all to be work or all to be this or all to be that. And I think that that's so, so important right now is that we take, you know, we can read every damn article we want about self-care and do this. But when you get to that point where you say, okay, what am I really going to do to take care of myself today? That's completely different, but it's also pushing that door open on bringing more balance into your life.
0: Well, I told you how I was watching that documentary on the Duke and Duchess of Windsor. Yeah, Um you know, the one, the the king who gave up his throne for Wallace Simpson. So um, the BBC had this awesome documentary on these secret documents that were just released about how, like, the king spied on his brother and Wallace and all these connections they had to Nazis. It was really interesting. Anyway, as I'm watching this documentary, they were saying that after he abdicated the throne and married his love, he had no role or no purpose in life. He had all the money in the world nothing to do and I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep watching this at like midnight and I have all you know all this stuff in my mind like okay tomorrow don't forget to add this to you know her lunchbox and sign that form and email that client back like all this stuff in my head and I'm watching that documentary and I thought what would I do tomorrow I don't mean you know because you and I have had those conversations before like what would you do if you won the lottery right I just meant tomorrow. Like, what if the next day when I woke up in the morning, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to clean the house. I didn't have to drive anyone anywhere. I didn't have to do a reading. I didn't have to pay a bill. I didn't have to do laundry or ironing or take the dogs for a walk. Nothing. I couldn't even imagine it. Right. Because I'm so used to just going, going, going. It was such an interesting question to play with.
1: Well, we've talked about this before when you had shared that your dad retired and you had always thought that if he had stayed with it longer, he would have, you know, things might have gone in a different direction. Being at that, in that age range of, you know, you can just kind of kick, not financially, but you can just kick your heels back and do what you want. I think people need something to get up in the morning for.
0: I do too. And
1: it doesn't have to do with if you're blessed to not need it financially, You still, and that was my whole thing, uh, working in special services for so long, especially with teenage students, I would say, even if they qualify for for assistance, they still need a reason to get up. Everybody needs a reason and a purpose in their day. And I think that goes, kind of laces back into the anger thing, that people will become isolated and, and move into themselves and not enjoy getting up in the morning or not enjoy having something to look forward to every day. And of course those transitional times, like, oh, your kids grow up and move out and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, what the hell do I do with myself with all this time? Or a similar thing would be when your kids, if they're little tiny people, then all of a sudden they're able to get themselves dressed. It's like, how did I ever manage like getting four people dressed and out the door and doing all this other thing? So does that make any sense? Yeah, no,
0: it does. You know, um, I think this is on topic. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it doesn't
0: matter because we're just chatting. That's true. <laughs> but, um, An acquaintance asked me, like, kind of on the spot, you know, just out and about. And she was like, will you Will you read my son? Like, he is lost. He's floundering. He doesn't know what he wants to do in life. And her son is just blinking, staring at me. And I'm like, crap. Like, what I, you know, because I, I can't just, I don't walk around reading people. You know, I have to. Ground myself, open my chakras, raise my vibrations, call in my guides. So whenever that happens, I'll always say, "Let me look at your palm." And it's not so much that I can read palms; I know the three lines, and that's about it. But it's just touching your hand and, and focusing that way can help me kind of tune in. And as I looked at his palm, his head line, which is the middle line of the three main ones, was yeah. really, really short. Like you know, the headline starts under your index finger and it usually ends under your pinky and his ended between his uh, middle finger and his ring finger. And I'd never seen that before. So when I got home, I looked it up and it, and it means people with a short headline according to this palm reading book I had said that it means these people often lack purpose and tend not to ask the deeper questions or seek for deeper meaning in their lives.
1: Okay, and I know that I'm sitting here staring at my hand. <laughs> and I'm sure so many people listening are staring at their hands, saying, oh my God, where the hell's my, heart, my headline? Um uh, And, you know, what's interesting is it's different on my right hand than my left hand.
0: Okay, that's because one hand is your destiny and one hand is what actually is happening. So for example, like I'm left-handed yeah. So my right hand is my destiny hand, and my left oh. hand is what I actually do. So for you, it would be reversed.
1: Right. Yeah. And so my the right hand, hand is my destiny, because I'm right-handed. No, it's the opposite.
0: So the like, left if is you're right-handed, destiny. your left is your destiny, and your right is what you actually do.
1: Okay, so this is that top line that's running out of the the three, right? It's the one that's... You said no, from your index the, finger across? The, the very top line is
0: your heart line. Okay. The, the main middle line is your head line. And then the line that swoops down, it usually kind of wraps either around your thumb or down to the center of your wrist. That's your yeah. lifeline. Oh. Those are the main three lines. And so the head line is the middle one.
1: Okay. And see, it's interesting on the left side, So left is destiny for me. It's much deeper and longer. And then on your right, what is it? It's a little, well, now I'm trying to hold them up together and compare. It's just interesting to me that like how some, there were some, the top line on my left hand has also some branches coming off of it that aren't on the right hand. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's very. So I'm going to have to look. See, that's why I love when we chat like this, because now I will look this up, and I'll look at my hands, and I'll find something out. That's fascinating. So not to divert from, was it relevant for the boy you were reading his poem?
0: Yeah, it was. And I said to him, you need to start asking open-ended questions. Remember oh. I am telling you how I had recently been learning a way to retrain your subconscious mind? is to ask it open-ended questions yes because our subconscious mind all it wants to do is find answers right it's always searching it feels happier when it has a concrete answer so if you ask your subconscious open-ended questions like what would make me happiest now or what is the best possible thing that i can do for myself today your subconscious mind will spend time seeking an answer to that. And so I told him to start asking open-ended questions and to be receptive to those kind of aha moments, which usually happen when we're in the shower or driving to work or you know, doing random mindless things. You'll have these ideas pop in.
1: Hmm. And it's also highest and best, but also not limiting yourself to this amazing potential that could come through. So similar to if you're trying to to manifest a partner in your life or a a new love interest or whatever a a person is, don't give them, don't lash it onto one person. Like don't say, oh, it has to be Billy or it has to be Mary. Just that's limiting what what the universe can bring in for you.
0: Right. And I think if I could give a theme to what I'm trying to get across in my BeliefNet article is... Don't give your power away. You know, like so many people will go to psychics and the psychic will say something and the person believes it. And t- how, many, how, many, how many clients have come to you, Denise, and have said to you, because I, I mean, literally, I probably get this five times a year. I went to a psychic last year and she told me I would never find love. Is this true?
1: I, yes, that does happen. And it pisses me off every time. who are these evil readers saying that? I mean, really. It's wrong. And I will always say to them, it's
0: morally wrong because nobody nobody can say that. The only thing a psychic can do is read potential outcomes. That's it. Right. It is up to you to take that potential outcome and either say, yes, that's the outcome I want, and then start to use your power to align your energy with that spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, or take the message the psychic gives you and say, that is not for me, that is not in my highest interest, and start to distance yourself from that message. But the power always lies with you.
1: Right, and I was just thinking about a lady that, um, I love her dearly, she's an old friend, but she went to an intuitive who said, you she had been through a divorce she was on her own she, and she might have been oh my goodness in her early mid-50s at the time when she had this this was years ago she's a bit older and she said the the woman told her well you'll have a great life love in your life but he's not going to come until you're 70 and i that i what i said was that's bs i didn't use wow. that and I said, there's no way she should, could know that. She said, but she seemed so confident about it. And this woman has had opportunities of other people coming into her life. But I think that, again, that seed was planted. Well, I'll just concentrate on other aspects of my life because he's not going to show up until I'm 70. And I thought, why would you do that to someone? Why wouldn't you just say it may be a while or it might be there'll be right. other people? I don't think we have the, the right to do that to someone.
0: We definitely don't. And I think everybody should be aware or beware of psychics who are overly confident. That's always a red flag to me. Right. Because, because I will,
1: I will always say,
0: this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. I could be wrong. I'm never a hundred percent right. And I think that's what ethical intuitives
1: will always add that caveat. And it's, uh, it's also being kind. Mm-hmm. It seems to be, more and more and more my answer to everything everything i just will think we just need to be kind we need to look out for each other we need to and not in an over-the-top way but from a personal perspective i just want it to be nice i want it things to be lighter and easier and more fun
0: do you get i get mad when people aren't kind and that's something i need to work on (laughs) like my my daughters are making fun of me because there's this one neighbor, and every time we walk the dogs, if we see this neighbor, I'll wave and say hi, and she just keeps on walking. Oh. And I'm like, how hard is it to say hi? How hard is that? It bothers me. And I, it bothers me that it bothers me.
1: The last school that I worked in, I would be walking down the hall. And I would see another teacher that i would worked with for years coming the other way. And I would say, oh, hi. And they would just either be like looking straight ahead or And in my head, I would say a lot of colorful things. And that goes back to that toxicity stuff. What does it take to be kind? What does it take to just acknowledge that there's another human being on the planet walking by you?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and the way we look at kindness now, it kind of freaks me out. Yes. You know, like I was, I was at the grocery store yesterday. And I was returning my cart and someone had left their cart in a really good parking spot, which is another pet peeve of mine. <laughs> so I grabbed it, stuck it in my cart and put both carts back. And this woman was like, that was so nice of you. And on a windy day, too. And she was so impressed that I had like just, I don't know, done That's something right amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that, nobody should be impressed by doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't know. But Anyway. The other thing I wanted to say about taking messages from a reading or looking for messages for yourself is to really spend some time thinking about the possible outcomes that you are wanting. Because if you don't know what those possible outcomes could be for you, if you can't visualize it, you're not going to align with it and then attract it. That's like, For example... One of my friends, this is like five, six years ago now, her dad passed away unexpectedly. And, you know, obviously that was very sad and she was grieving that. But about a year later, we met for coffee and and I was like, how are you doing? And, And she said, I love my mom, but she's driving me crazy. Like she does not know how to live without my dad and I don't know what to do. And so she's going on and on about how hard it is. And I said to her, well, what do you think the best possible solution would be? And she said, I have no idea. Like, honestly, I can't think of how to fix this because she's just relying on me for everything. And I said, well, just play with it. Like, just play with it. What do you think would be, like, what would solve this for you in a way that feels good to you? And she thought about it for a long time and sipped her coffee and she said, you know, I think what would be great is like if some awesome man her age, like moved in next door, and they just became companions. And then she would have someone to, you know, she doesn't want to marry again, but she's just lonely. And then that would help me so much. And I was like, we'll put that out there. Well, son of a bitch, Denise, six months later, <laughs> the house next door goes up for sale and a widower moves in and they oh. have been companions ever since. They went on a cruise. They go shopping. They go for little walks. Oh. They sit at the beach. That's nice. Yeah. I know. So I just think if you are in a stuck situation and you're thinking about consulting an intuitive, that's absolutely fine. But consult yourself first and just think okay, I'm at a crossroads. I cannot see which way to go from here. Right. Just play with it. Just play with that question and think if anything were possible, what would be the best outcome? And I do think it has to be something fairly plausible.
1: Right.
0: You know, like, I don't think if, you know, if if you, let's go back to our hating your job example, to sit there and go, well, winning the lottery in the Powerball would solve everything, you know, because that's, that, yeah, technically that's plausible, but I mean something that's really plausible that you can actually imagine and visualize and believe that will, that could totally happen for you.
1: Okay, don't you also think it's giving yourself permission to do what you really want? So right now, I mean, we've chatted about my transition plans and where I want to move and all those other things. And I really sat down the other day and I was journaling and I thought, Denise, what is it that you want? What's going to work for you this time? And not in a selfish way or an egotistical way, but some very well-meaning people that I think the world of us said, oh, you should do this and it'll be great. And I thought, well, maybe I should do that. Maybe, that, maybe they're right. And that's my better plan. Really, you, you just nailed it. Take that time to go within and say, what is it for my unique little soul plan on the earth is going to feed me to move forward in that direction? Because exactly. I, think, I think we can get caught up in other people's realities or influence. And it, it does tie in with, with getting a reading or also with people who may not understand I was I was at a thing the, uh, last night to talk about hitting the replay button. And this woman, I was fascinated because she was everything I wasn't. And she was talking about, I love being up in crowds. I love entertaining. I love being the center of attention. And I know I sat there and just tipped my head like a big lab and looked at her like, wow, you're a fascinating human, uh, because it just was so extreme. But that's her reality. And when I was driving home, I thought that's when I got this big epiphany about I have to do it the way that's going to work best for me. And I think that right yeah. now, with that seems to be such a theme for, for folks of what is it that I want, and not to the exclusion of people we love care about our responsibilities, but what is, what's going to match our thumbprint Exactly.
0: And if the timing doesn't feel right for you right now, for example, when you were at your old job and wanting to do all these things, but the timing wasn't right because, you know, you needed the benefits for your boys and all of that. That's why I still think you can, you can still manifest it at a later date. Yes. So like one of the things I always teach when I, when I teach manifesting is do a goal book or a vision board. But if you are flipping through magazines and looking for pictures of stuff you want in the next year or two, and you see something that you want, maybe in five years, don't say, oh, well, that's a someday goal. No, Mm -hmm. cut it out and put it in, I call it like a wishing box. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that you're still telling the universe. I can't see this happening right now, but I'm ready for it. I'm open to it.
1: And that's incredible because it's, and we've both, we've talked about this too, is how if you look back over your shoulder five years ago and where you are now, it's like, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I wanted to be. And here I am. What's next? What do I want to bring in next? And I think that that's honoring your light, honoring who you came here to be and making the most of it.
0: Right. Well, and if you look over your shoulder and you realize, you're exactly where you don't want to be. You know, sometimes you look back at five years and you go, How did I get here?
1: Right.
0: That's okay too, because all of that is the universe talking to you. You know, if you're in an unhappy job, if you're in an unhappy relationship, if you're in a difficult financial situation, all of that is the universe talking to you, right. simply saying, this isn't your path and you need to make some changes and that's okay. There's no judgment there. There's no condemnation. There's no, oh, you screwed up. It's just a nudge from the universe. And what I have found in my personal life, when I ignore those nudges, they get louder.
1: <laughs> that's an understatement.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but
0: isn't that true? Like when yes. you, when you get a nudge to to leave a job or to leave a relationship or to change your relationship with money or to switch some friendship groups up, if you ignore that message, it just tends to bring on more aggravation, which is why you've got to listen to the small, still voice within, as they say. And I think the best way to listen to that is to just sit and reflect and ask those deep, open-ended questions. But always start with, what do I want? Not what do I need? Or what should I be focused on? What are people expecting of me? What did that psychic tell me I should do? Ignore all of that and ask, what do, what do
1: I want? And realize that what you want is enough. It doesn't have yeah. to be what your best friend or your neighbor or society or culture thinks is best for you. Exactly. This was fun. Do you think, think we covered it? I do. I think it was fun and it was different, and uh, uh, well, and, and we can always chat and chat and chat. I mean, we could go. At, well, when we talked the other day, I looked at my phone after we had done. I was like, "Holy shit, we just talked for two and a half hours."
0: <laughs> I know that was so funny. I, was. I could not. I could not get focused on work. I don't know what it was. I just, I just woke up that day and was like. I just want to play. What's that song? I want to bang on my drums and play all day.
1: Yes. Love that song. And then
0: you and I were talking about planning webinars and stuff. And, and I ended up getting the lovely break I needed. And then when we hung up, I was able to get to work. Me too. So sometimes and you needed lighter, to it an hour and conversation.
1: Fun. And, and, and we did get a lot done too but it just always amazes me how we can just ramble about so many different things.
0: Well, speaking of what we got done, I did want to tell everyone that we are teaching a webinar on March 27th. Uh, We did this in January. It's our webinar that helps people who are wanting to take their spiritually-based business to the next level. So if you are a massage therapist, an acupuncturist, a Reiki practitioner, an intuitive, a medium, and you're thinking about Turning this into more of a business, Denise and I are teaching a one-night webinar, March 27th, from 7 to 8:30 p.m. We will record it, so if you can't be with us, you can still sign up for the class, and we'll email you the video recording the next day. And in that webinar, we teach you how to deal with the, the, the nitty-gritty, mundane stuff like taxes and all of that, uh, different certificates and licenses you might need for different states. We cover social media, promotion, uh, the ethics of doing this work, all sorts of good stuff. So you can find that information on my website, SamanthaFay.com. Um, also, we are teaching our advanced mediumship class uh, four Thursdays in April, starting April 4th. So, If you have taken our Mediumship 101 webinar, we'd love for you to join us for our Advanced Mediumship class in April, which is already filling up, so I'm so excited to see some familiar faces again. Won't that be fun? It is. I'm
1: excited,
0: too. Um, In May, I'm teaching my Be Your Own Psychic webinar. That's going to be three Thursdays in May, starting May 9th. Um, And In that webinar, I teach you how to awaken to your psychic abilities. We cover the clairs, the chakras. Uh, We covered learning to trust yourself, and each week you are partnered up with someone from class to practice psychic skills. And then at the end of May, June, Denise and I are teaching our Mediumship 101 webinar. Again, we just haven't finalized those dates, but we will be doing that soon, and we'll announce them uh, probably the end of March. Did I forget anything?
1: No, I think you nailed it. Okay, great. coming up.
0: We do have a lot coming up. If you guys liked this show, let us know. If it annoyed the crap out of you, let us know.
1: Just
0: just do so kindly because we are empaths and we get our feelings through easily. (laughs) And if you do love our show, please tell a friend and take a moment to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because it sure does help other people to find us and it helps us to grow our community of awakened, empowered, enlightened empaths. So thank you so much for joining us once again. Next week, we're going to bring to you all a wonderful guest who's going to have lots of insights to share about being an entrepreneur. In the meantime, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care, everyone.